Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the millennial age as we pick up in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 20. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. It's interesting to, to look back and find out what the earth was like before the judgment of God uh, in the flood. A child will die being 100 years old, but the sinner being 100 years old shall be accursed. So uh, during the millennial age, now, we will not die. We're in our new bodies. We've moved out of our tents and we'll be in our new bodies during the kingdom age. But there will be people that will live through the time of the great tribulation who will also live through the judgment of the nations when Jesus returns and they will live into the kingdom age and they're the one that will be bearing children and so forth during the kingdom age. But we will be here to reign with Christ as enforcers of righteousness, as a kingdom of priests upon the earth representing Christ to the people and the people to Christ. And we will be here to rule and to reign upon the earth with him uh, during this millennial age in our new bodies. Now, what will our new bodies be like? I really don't know. Vastly superior to the one I'm presently in. <laughs> Paul said, some of you will say, how are the dead raised and what, with what body? will they come? What kind of a body will it be? And he said, nature teaches you that there is resurrection from the dead. When you plant a seed into the ground, it doesn't come forth into new life until it first of all dies. And then the body that comes out of the ground isn't the body that you planted. So I'm not going to be in this body. But God gives it a body that pleases him. Now, my new body is going to please God. That's all that matters to me. I know if it pleases God, I'm going to be very pleased with it. What will be the capacities? This, these are the things I, I often types, times wonder about, the capacities in the new body. You know, how will we be able to, you know, the transporting the new body around? And, and, and there's a lot of interesting aspects about it. It'll probably be of a different molecular structure than this body which will make being on the earth very interesting if you're a different molecular structure because you can walk right through the buildings and everything else, even as Jesus in his resurrected body. But that's all for conjecture and all to find out in the future. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of the people, and my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands, mine elect, the Jews. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear, oh, the closeness of God and, and the rapport with the people. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. Beautiful kingdom age. The lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and the dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy 
in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. So the earth, again, being in harmony with God and creation in harmony with God and man in harmony with God. How glorious it must have been for Adam in harmony with the whole universe around him. Everything humming together in a glorious harmony with God. Oh, what a disastrous effect sin has had in putting man out of harmony with God and out of harmony with nature around him. I think of that song, This is my father's world. All nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. But man is out of harmony so often with nature and with God. And nature even itself has suffered from the curse and is out of harmony with God. Even the animal kingdom, the ferociousness of the lion, the wolf, and, and these things, out of harmony with, with God. They are suffering the result of man's sin. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? Now, they're going to build a new temple, but God says, hey, don't need it. And this is that temple that uh, will probably be built at the covenant of the Antichrist. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build for me? Where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath mine hand made. And all of those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit who trembles at my word. God says, I don't need a house. I don't need a fancy building to live in. The heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. What are you giving to me? It's all mine. I made it anyhow. That's what makes it hard to give anything to God. What am I giving to God? I'm giving only that which is his. So why should I make a big deal? Well, here, God, I'm going to give you <laughs> what is yours, what belongs to you. You made it all to begin with. He that, and now the sacrifices that they will institute in this period before the Lord returns are unacceptable completely to God. He that kills an ox is as if he slew a man. He that sacrifices a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck. He that offers an oblation as if he offered swine's blood, and he that burns incense, as if he blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen their own ways. Their soul delighteth in their abominations. I also will choose their delusions. God will bring a strong delusion because they would not believe a truth of Jesus Christ. God will allow them to believe the lie of the Antichrist. Jesus said, I came in my Father's name. You didn't receive me. Another one's going to come in his own name. Him you will receive. And he'll make a covenant with the nation Israel. And they will rebuild their temple and they will start their sacrifices. But God says that it's in unbelief as far as Christ is concerned and he'll have nothing to do with it. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word, your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake. They said, let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy and they shall be a shame. Paul, when he was persecuting the church, thought that he was doing the Lord a service. He was doing it in the name of God. God said, for those that have been cast out, trembled at his word, 
your brothers that hated you, saying, Let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear for your joy. They shall be ashamed. A voice of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that renders recompense to his enemies. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Shall I bring to birth and not cause to bring forth? In other words, God says, I've brought it this far, and will I not complete it? It's, it's inconsistent to think that God is going to stop the whole prophetic plan and picture at this point. He's brought us right up to the birth of the kingdom age. Surely he will bring it forth. Rejoice ye with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all ye that love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all ye that mourn for her, that you may suck and be satisfied with the breast of her consolations, that ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then shall ye suck and shall be born upon her knees and be dandled upon her knees. As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. And when ye shall see this, your heart shall rejoice, your bones shall flourish like the vegetables, and the hand of the Lord shall be known toward his servants and his indignation towards his enemies. For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger and fury and his rebuke with flames of fire." For by fire and by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh, and the slain of the Lord shall be many. Now, I've heard of people being slain in the Spirit, and here we find them. And the finally found a scriptural reference. That's great. I'm glad we found it. They that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens behind one tree in the midst, eating swine's flesh and the abomination, the mouse, will be consumed together, saith the Lord. For I know their works, and God speaking again of the day of vengeance and judgment that is going to come. People will be judged for their abominations. For I know their works and their thoughts. It shall come that I will gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory. And I will set a sign among them, and I will send those that escape of them to the nations, Tarshish and Pole and Lud, that draw the bull to Tubal and to Jebun and to the isles or the coasts that are far off, that have not seen or heard of my fame, neither have seen my glory, and they shall declare my glory among the Gentiles." And they shall bring all your brethren for an offering unto the Lord out of the nations upon horses and in chariots and in litters and upon mules and upon swift beasts to my holy mountain, Jerusalem, saith the Lord, as the children of Israel bring an offering in a clean vessel into the house of the Lord. And I will also take of them for priests and for Levites, saith the Lord, for as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, they will be eternal. Saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. So that glorious day of the future, when all the universe again is in harmony with God, but 
those that have rebelled and chosen to rebel against God have another destiny. I think that we have to be extremely careful that we do not modify God's word. Just because it doesn't agree with our own sense of fairness or justice or righteousness or whatever, and we try to make God's word read something other than it actually does. There has been a lot of ridicule against the idea of eternal punishment and damnation for the unrighteous. And because of the ridicule, many pastors are hesitant to talk about hell or the judgment of God or the wrath of God or indignation of his wrath or the eternal punishment of the damned. And yet, if God speaks of it, then we are derelict as his ministers if we do not also speak of it. And because the Bible teaches it, I must also warn a person of it. Now, I would rather preach 10,000 sermons on heaven than one sermon on hell. I don't like to talk about hell. I don't like to preach about hell. I would rather preach a thousand sermons on the love of God and never preach on the wrath of God. I don't like to preach about the wrath of God. I love to preach about the love of God. I would much rather preach on the grace of God, the goodness of God, the blessings of God. I enjoy these subjects. I do not enjoy the wrath of God, the vengeance of God, the judgments of God against the wicked. And yet, because God speaks of them, and I am a spokesman for God, I must also speak of them. And that's the advantage of going straight through the Scriptures. I can't jump them. And I can't jump the last verse of Isaiah, though I would like to. I'd like to just quit the lesson right there and say, oh, isn't that going to be glorious? The whole world is going to come and worship before the Lord. Glory, glory. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. For their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. Jesus, using this same phraseology of Isaiah, in warning against the coming judgment, said, Don't fear him who can kill your body, but after that doesn't have any power over you, but rather fear him who after the body is destroyed is able to cast both your soul and spirit into Gehenna, where the worm dieth not, neither is the fire quenched. Yea, I say unto you, fear ye him. Now, 
the phrases that the Lord uses for those that are in this place of Gehenna, a place of torment, the final disposition of the unrighteous dead. Hades is not the final place of the unrighteous dead. Hades is going to give up their dead uh, before the great white throne judgment of God. Death and Hades are going to deliver up their dead. So hell is going to be emptied. But whosoever's name is not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death into Gehenna. And there's a vast difference between Gehenna and Hades in the New Testament. Gehenna is the place, the eternal abode of the damned. Now, Jesus, when he returns and gathers the nations together for judgment, as he places those on his left, as the shepherd uh, separates the sheep from the goats, and to those on his left, he says, Depart from me, ye accursed, ye workers of iniquity. For I was hungry, you didn't feed me. Thirsty, you didn't give me to drink. Naked, you didn't clothe me. In prison, you didn't visit me. Lord, when did we see you hungry, naked, and ignored you? Inasmuch as you did it not unto the least of these, my brethren, you didn't do it to me. Depart from me into Gehenna, which was prepared for Satan and his angels. It wasn't prepared for people. It was prepared for Satan who had rebelled against God and those angels that had rebelled with him. But those who choose to align with Satan's rebellion shall also find their part with him in the lake which burneth with fire. And... As we are warned in Revelation chapter 14, the smoke of their torment ascends from the ages throughout the ages. Now, I dare not modify that. I must just live it stand as it is declared. I dare not try to lessen the impact of it. There is to be the judgment of God against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men who hold the truth of God in unrighteousness. And God will judge, and it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. You say, but that isn't fair. I don't see I can't help what we might think. I can only tell you what the Scripture says is, and I can't modify it. We must leave it there. For God said, if any man would take away from the words of this prophecy, and God warned about these things in Revelation very heavily, he said his name will be taken out of the book of life. And thus I don't and can't modify or take away from the impact that there is God's wrath and judgment that is going to come against the ungodly, and it is eternal. That is why it is so important that we walk with Jesus Christ, that we live for Jesus Christ, that we submit our lives to him and we're a part of God's eternal kingdom. So I don't dwell in that other side because I don't plan to be around. I dwell where I plan to be. For when, where a man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. And my heart's with the Lord and in the heavenly things. And, and that's where I like to dwell. But I would be negligent and derelict in my duties as a representative of God if I didn't bring out to you that the other side does exist. The scripture speaks about it and you can't take it away. 
continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Isaiah 65 through 66 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Father, we thank you for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus and the hope of our calling. And we thank you for these glorious things that we have read here in Isaiah of that coming age when the Lord shall reign and we shall dwell with him in righteousness upon the renewed earth. And Lord, we pray, even so, come quickly. Establish thy righteous kingdom, O Lord, that we might share with thee in the glory that you had with the Father before the world's ever existed. Bless, Lord, your people. Bless thy word to our hearts. May we be nourished and strengthened in our spiritual walk through thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the Lord be with you and bless you, give you a beautiful day tomorrow. And may he keep you in his love and in his grace. We look forward to our gathering together again on many occasions this week as we learn more about God's glorious work in the past and his marvelous plans for our future. And so God keep you in the love of Jesus Christ and strengthen you by his spirit in your inner man. And may he help you to begin to comprehend what is the length, the breadth, the depth, the height of his love and begin to understand more and more the things that he has prepared for those who love him and wait on him. May God cause his grace to abound towards you through Jesus Christ our Lord. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question. You're not alone. It happens to me all the time. And I think if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. 
Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call the Word for Today at 800 272 